said amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> He's feeling really excited because he just beat the other rooster that we were given and kind of sent him, sent him to go and fend for himself. Wow. Hey, be quiet. We're, we're trying to talk to the, the nations here. Hey, we love that rooster. Anyway. He's the new MC. He's announcing we got a new program. <laughs> listen to that. That's beautiful. Oh, man, listen. Well, we have tales some... from the homestead, you know. <laughs> For a while, Hallelujah. we were having these roosters over here crowing like at uh, midnight, 2 a.m. in the morning. Oh, no. What the heck's going on? And it was dark. Yeah. So, shoot. <laughs> uh, they may have been a blind wow. rooster. I don't know. They didn't know. Um Praise the Lord. We love. We welcome all animals here to this program, and uh, children and people from all countries. Praise the Lord. I love that rooster. What do you have a name for him? Well, I wish I could show you the goats too. Uh, I don't. I choose not to name these chickens anymore because the bears, the foxes, the hawks, the raccoons, the possums, the uh, God knows what Bigfoot. You know, what well, these things get eaten. That's a special they get disappeared. One right that's a special one. Let's give him a name. Now, do you know which one that is that's doing that right now? He's a beautiful, big, old, new, young rooster. So maybe somebody in the chat can name him, and uh, I'll check the chat later because we're out in the boonies. So Folks. That's why we're calling on the, we're doing the Benjamin Baruch satellite phone style end time prepper. <laughs> Have hope in the midst of the mushroom cloud broadcast, Ooh, which I appreciate so much. And, that's a great Yeah, title. you guys in the chat, you know, find a name. Give our give our boy a name. Let me write that down. Have hope in the midst of the mushroom cloud. I love that. You already came up with our title for today. Michael, you want to open us uh, in prayer? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you, Lord. Bless this time. Thank you for all the blessings that we have, Lord, whether we're rich or poor. Lord, you know, it's not about our possessions or our situation maritally or financially, any kind of thing like that. It's all about our hearts. And so please just guide our, our talk today and make that the, the primary focal point so that we don't, we're not distracted with all the data and all the, just the big picture of what's, what's going down, Lord. We praise you. We thank you. We ask for deliverance, the keys of the kingdom to start to work in each of our hearts that there be a sense of urgency and a sense of just peace and and joy at your soon coming. You said that for all those who hope in your coming, we ask for that hope, that sense of just expectancy, no matter what, Lord. In Jesus' name, praise you, Lord. I say amen to that. And you know, I have a song that's apropos. I haven't played it in years. You want to hear it? Sure. (laughs) And coming up in about two minutes, Michael Basham, get a friend. Get your coffee or your tea, and we'll be right back. I want to be happy. I want to be normal in every way. But a mushroom cloud hangs over my dreams. It haunts my future and threatens my schemes. Peace, peace, peace. Where did you go? I've got me a sweetheart And I love her too We want to make big plans But what can we do? When a mushroom cloud 
Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome back. we got Evangelist Michael Basham here from faithbucks.com, Spirit Wars, Stranger Clock Broadcast. Michael, was that song cool or what, man? Oh, yeah. That, is, that was some fancy gunman footwork going on there, brother. Dude, that was classic, man. That was like a prophetic song. And uh, I felt that way before, you know, like, dang, it's a mushroom cloud. So much for that, but, you know, I was thinking today, um, I've lived, I really thought this thought today, so I'll just throw it in here as we're getting started. I've lived, uh, knowing about the return of the Lord, the end times, the uh, New World Order, yeah. from my earliest recollections, Michael, I mean, going way back to at least uh, six or seven year old, I remember this book, my grandmother had it, talk about in the 70s, I took it to school one time and got in trouble, but I got my way out of it. It's another story called uh, When Your Money Fails. And it had a, the Mary Stuart Robert had a picture of a guy with a barcode on his head, 666. And uh, oh, wow. I was in uh, seventh grade. And uh, I'm reading this book, man. It's talking about the Commonwealth market and had pictures of people with 666 on their tailplate. And it's talking about the Beast computer up in Brussels, Belgium. And dude. I'm in like a uh, history class or something, and my teacher comes over and grabs it out of my hand. I wasn't listening oh. to his lecture. Dude, he was going to make an example of me. Until he looked at the book, he just grabbed it, and he didn't put two and two together, man. He thought it was a stock market book, and he had a student that uh. was involved in the stock market, so he gave me the name Wall Street and let me go. He thought I was a smart guy. Oh, something. my gosh. <laughs> but I said all that to that say this. Great. You know, we've been looking for the coming of the great. Lord in my family uh, from, the, from the beginning. And, you know, we're talking, you know, that goes back 45 years ago. And uh, praise God. It caused me to always want to be ready to meet Jesus at all times. And I'm thankful Beautiful. for that. But I thought he was coming in 1988. Uh, I thought it may be 2000. I remember preparing for that. I remember 2005 when all hell was breaking loose in Hurricane Katrina. And they were talking about, is this next pope, is he going to be the the false prophet? I thought he was coming back when Obama took over. 
and I left the country thinking, you know, it's America's toast. I'm not going to come back. Bro, this has been a constant thing in my mind, you know. Is this the year now? You know, Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum. It's looking closer than ever. But then I thought about this today, and then I'll throw it back to you for comment. What if, as my great-uncle Johnny said at the funeral of my grandmother when I saw him talking to my grandfather, you know, Sylvan, my grandfather Sylvan, Uncle Johnny said to my granddad, you know, Sylvan, I have a feeling that this thing is going to draw out slower than we all thought. It's going to be excruciatingly slow. And, you know, that was 2011. And I think uh, every 10 years, you know, there's been some major thing going on. But he didn't come back yet. Now, he's closer than ever before, but what if? Here's my question. I'm at it now to ask you. What if it's not another okay. 30 years off? And many people that are talking about it now will be dead by that time. Let's say old age, they died. Uh, how many people have stopped going to school, have stopped thinking about the business that they want to open, have stopped... Uh, their plans because they think, well, it's almost over. I don't need to build a farm. I don't need to learn Spanish. Uh, I don't need to worry about my kids uh, needing college money in about 10 years. This, that, we put off. And essentially, the devil psyched us out. And we could have been productive. We could have taken back the land, if you will. We could have done something for Jesus. But we shot ourselves in the leg and said, well, it's not worth it because he's coming back, you know, in October. We got people saying October fourth. You know, they're gonna do the they're gonna do the thing, loose the five G. I don't know, but I've heard that one before many times. And yeah. uh, I thought, what if? And I'm thinking I'm fifty I'll be fifty four in November. I've got to change my mindset oh. because it might be thirty years out and it may be my kids who are the generation that see it. And if I don't kick in right now, I could kick the bucket later. And um, do, do you understand where I'm going with this? Back to you. What's your thoughts? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's kind of what I wanted to speak to today is this concept of just despair that a lot of preppers have and a lot of end timers that they just they stop caring about people and they stop being compassionate and they stop really being missionaries. So I was really thankful that the Lord first showed me about the the prime duty is to love him, love others, live for him, share the gospel. And then he showed me about the end times. Then he showed me about like this false history that they've been giving us in college because I grew up in university and just about the whole timeline of the end. And nobody knows the day or the hour, not even Jesus Christ knows that. So it's okay if people get the dates wrong. You know, just never say the date until we see the covenant being signed by the Antichrist. Never say the date that you think Jesus is coming back or the rapture. But the main focus should be, I mean, there's Christians are being persecuted worldwide like never before. Um, there's opportunities to serve God. Most people have never been given that opportunity. Like, you've given me the mic, Shannon. Like, this is an opportunity, so I'm here. Thank you. Praise God for this platform. And you're doing the same. You're recruiting people every day. You go live. It's, it gives people a sense of purpose and, and honor. And then they're going around. They're telling all their friends to tune in. Like I just texted a bunch of people like, hey, tune in. 
even though I'm banned on everything. So I'll, whatever I have left, I'll tell them like, Hey, tune in. But, um, and we have our podcast We're we're building up people too in a different, similar way, but a different way. But until people are given that opportunity, they think, well, I guess I'm just good for nothing or just to make money to pay for the bills. And that's, I think that's where a lot of Americans are. And that's what I want to speak to today is that there is an opportunity. I'm going to give you some actual practical possibilities, hopefully plant some seeds about how you can serve God, help the children, not just go and support, you know, uh, that movie with Jim Caviezel that like, okay, I did my part for the kids. You know, I'll save some kids by buying that movie ticket and sitting there eating my popcorn. Actually, I didn't even watch it. I just bought the ticket. You know, I did my part for Jesus this year. You can actually get involved with this. I mean, there's human trafficking going on. America is like the base of of this where people are nasty. People are, are obviously pedophiles are buying these these kids and stuff. We can do more than just sit here and just debate about the end times. And there's a revival happening. And we have the Internet. And I'm not like a street evangelist these days, but I do love to use the Internet to just kind of find warriors, reapers, just got a call from Bangladesh this morning from a mutual friend, an actual real evangelist, you know, one of those guys that goes and he speaks to like thousands of people that get saved. Well, that's the kind of world that I think we need to all step into. And I'm, all I'm doing is I'm telling you doorknob is pretty low folks. You don't got to like go to seminary or anything. You just got to learn John three sixteen, and and you're hired. I mean, this is it. You know, I mean, we're on the brink of world war three. Russia is definitely pretty much it's it's just a done deal. They won the war, although the media is going to keep lying about that. But they're going to try to push Russia to the brink to where they do start to use nukes. And I mean, it might not be today and might not be tomorrow, but it's definitely like we're in it. You know, I mean, we're the news every day is just there is like confirmation of the end times. So but yet the funny thing is a lot of my friends are saying this too. It's like, we still got to go to work today, even though we just found out that uh, nothing really matters. <laughs> like, yeah, it does because it does matter because everything you're learning how to do matters because this end time thing is only going to be for a few short years. And once it starts, there's also going to be miracles like you've never seen before. God is going to pour out his Holy spirit. And I mean, I feel a change. Like, I don't feel the necessarily, like, I got to rock, walk around with tracks all day and, like, go up to people and confront them and just pray with them right there. It's much more spirit-led. Um, when I was street witnessing in, in Miami with the children of God, it was fun to invade, say, you know, uh, Hialeah, the falls, malls, whatever, these malls, and go in there with tracks and see how many tracks you get out and stand on a street corner, see how many people you get saved that day. And there was grace back then to do that. And you can do that too. If you've never tried that, it's really exciting right now. It's almost like after going to China for me, we're in this kind of a submarine mode where you kind of are going in undetected. And then you, you zero in on that one soul and you're just praying with that person. These, um, SRA survivors, these people that have been in satanic ritual abuse, kind of rust is dar style that's effective that's very effective so we're all needed here and and i'm gonna obviously uh as i said there's a lot of things that we can do there's um reports i'm on the phone like all day yesterday um ways that we can also have a uh an escape plan too, a plan b as drudge said when he appeared on alex jones in 2015 before drudge turned to the dark side of the fools uh he said he was all freaked out and he's like look 
they're coming after us. Like everybody needs to have a plan B, you know, don't just trust in your little website, even like there's, you know, we need to get, think about where you want to live, you know? And then he disappeared. It was the weirdest thing ever. Um, that's kind of true. I mean, this is the conversation my wife and I had until like 2am this morning. We are thinking about how to serve God, how to not live in fear. And without the word of God, guys, you're not going to be able to survive this. You're going to just, the enemy has so many technological advances and ways to just get you freaked out. And I mean, even if you're going to church faithfully, you're going to prayer meetings, Bible studies, those are all good. This is going to be really different. Like we're talking really mega different. And we don't notice because the subtlety of AI and the subtlety of social media and how we're just all kind of slow cooking in the frog pot using Facebook all the time. Hey, brother, I go to you on Facebook. I don't see you. I'm like, because I'm deliberately not using Facebook as much as possible. I, I get phone calls from people that actually, I have my, my birthday is fake on Facebook. Like I, I get fake birthday wishes because then I know who actually knows me in real life. It's not that many people. So, you know, if somebody actually remembers my birthday and says, Oh, Hey, happy birthday. It's like, okay, you're really, you actually know me. And I don't care if you, for whatever, that's not the point. But Facebook is creating a false reality around you. You have fake friends. You have a lot of them aren't even real. I have a testimony this last week, pretty cool miracle testimony I'll get to, but to actually meet somebody in real life who's been a supporter of our program and has been a friend of our families and just is a warrior for God, Randall Luffman, shout outs to him, to actually meet and hug his neck, you know, and talk and hang out. And um, long story short, we bought a car from Randall. It's a fun story. My dad took me. It's the place where my parents met, got married. A lot of miracles happened. It was beautiful. But to actually meet people in real life, like that's amazing. Like someday I'm going to meet you guys, some of you, and we're just going to hang out. It's just going to be like, we're, you know, like on the podcast, same, same kind of thing. They're moving us into artificial reality where people aren't even people anymore. And I think the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, as Daniel, a prophet prophesied. Part of it is that you're not even talking to God or even people. You're literally, your whole soul, your whole person is, is enveloped already in this fake universe. And then you start to worship it and it's the sin of idolatry, but it's in your soul. And then it's, it's game over, man. I got some scriptures here to share too. I don't worry guys. We're not going to just scare y'all to heaven. Sometimes people scare people to heaven. I'm not good at that. I mean, I got too much fun in my life, too many good things, too many happy smiles. My son is just being absolutely adorable everything you say he says yeah (laughs) so it's really fun to you know try to get him to anyway he's really a fun fun happy boy so we're really blessed here the basham family is still going they thought they killed us with don basham going down and got my brother whatever they're we're going forward and this thing is going international and we're talking Derek prince ministries we're talking reaching out to people on tiktok these this new revival from asbury that has nowhere to go you know one of the reasons our family's blessed is we're getting in a position to hopefully to inspire more laborers for the, the harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. And, and it's just, it's all starting right here in the smoky mountains, North Carolina. I don't even know what to say. Just God is doing stuff. But first of all, we need to have love. You know, you gotta have forgiveness because otherwise, I mean, I'm whatever X amount of years 
you get burnout, you get tired, you've suffered Darth Vader chopped your arm off on the mission field somewhere, you know, brother versus brother, missionary meltdown, bonanza, WWF, you know, Hulk Hogan, missionary style. Man, does that even make sense? If any of you have ever done ministry, they call it church hurt, church burnt. How about like, like literal meltdown? How about like Pakistanis like blowing up your church and killing your family and torturing people in front of you? Like those are the kind of people I work with. I'm not literally one of those people, but you know, you experience trauma on the mission field and the devil does it on purpose. So you never come back. It's like, yeah, never come back to China. Bash them. Yeah. Yeah. This is what we do to you. You can come here to learn Chinese, help the, help the kids. Um, so I'm not even about China right now only. I'm talking about like the whole world. I'm talking about Albania and Pakistan. I'm talking about Serbia, Turkey, all these countries. Um, instead of bashing the Ukrainians and Zelensky gave frogs to me and they give me money or your sons will die for Ukraine. Yes. Instead of talking about those retards all day, let's actually focus on healing the Ukrainian people. We're talking, bringing them to places that are less war torn, get them, get them some doctors here. You know, we got to heal these people. Um, the vision for the church is not to dominate the end time spectrum. We're not here like, yeah, ultimate Jesus warriors. No, actually the, the antichrist shows up and it is given unto the beast to make war with the saints and to overcome them. So Jesus has made provisions for people who get their heads chopped off for crying out loud. We're not here to like control everything unless you're part of the two witness ministries. That's a different story. So there is an overcoming church. It's, the two witnesses. I mean, it might just be two people for crying out loud. And, and the bride who's given wings of an eagle to hide in the wilderness for three and a half years during the tribulation. So there is that. There is a lot going on. The end time is not so simple as just some rapture thing. There's a war. The Antichrist fights wars. Several nations will not go along with the Antichrist. He has to fight like seven wars against these nations, several, many nations. So it's very complicated. That's why people just tune out. They're like, look, I don't even have time to barely crack open my Bible, let alone understand my Bible. So anyway, first of all, John 3.16, guys, you want to be a missionary? We need you. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You, you know, if you just go out into this broken world with just that, you know, God loves you. God loves this messed up world, you know, forget the greedy, everything, you know, let's, let's get out of here. Let's come away from her. My people don't be a partaker of her plagues. You know, get out of those nuclear fallout zones and then mushroom clouds. You know, the, the, it's known that God has his people protected through those days. There's going to be a magnificent miracles all around the world, but we have to be focused on loving others. And Jeremiah 31, three, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore with loving kindness, have I drawn thee. And Romans 8.38, I am persuaded that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Not alien attacks, not uh, nuclear fallout, you know. Um, and this is the thing. A lot of people were so focused on prepping that it's like that, that movie with, um, it's the Cloverfield Lane series. It's a, a movie, very well done movie, where it's just, the whole thing takes place in an underground fallout bunker. And, and it just shows how evil people can become like they're surviving the apocalypse, but they're in this bunker and, and the main guy is like really horrible. That's trying to 
help people, but there's like rationing and just psychological, you know, you've got to have love. If you're going to live with other people and you've never done that before, you've got to learn how to be a servant of all. That's the only way we're going to survive. And America right now, this is the thing I want to turn the tables upside down. America's crashing right now. The economy's crashing. We're seeing all this. People are living in their cars. There's these, these two witnesses. There's people that are, that are under that ministry. Their theology is a little wonky, but um, they're very sincere. They've gone through persecution. Uh, one of them is on TikTok as Stefanos, uh, this woman that just bereaved of her kids, you know, attacked by the system. And, and she's very coherent though. And is just reading the scriptures and is like calling people to just come and do what she did. Just leave the world behind, you know, not because you have to, but I mean, why not just camp out for a few months? You know, you got a tent, you got your car, you got your Bible, get a gym membership so you can take showers and then live s- simple and humble and just read the Bible and make TikToks all day. <laughs> it's like, okay, that sounds pretty nice for a lot of people. It's like, yes, let's get out of my abusive situation. Let's leave the system behind the abusive world, the bills, sell everything. And then they're sitting there in their campsite, beautiful trees, reading scriptures. You know, Jesus said, forsake all and come follow me. Give to the poor. I mean, that's, that scripture holds some weight when you actually done gone did that. You know, I've done that. I've had people around me that have done that. Those people are sincere. And then you live in a, what, a little camp tent with like a few other people and you're like, you know, living pretty humble. I mean, I'm not saying you should do that right now, but America's crashing down. The economy, everything's super expensive. Why not turn it upside down? Why not find these people that are willing to do that who have experienced you know, simple life, you know, are thankful for just a roof over their head and you just have their Bible and their sleeping bag. And that's a missionary if I've ever seen one. And America is literally a ripe mission field. You know, you go out into the world and you're not slaving for cash all the time. And you might actually meet people on the streets to pray with. You might actually have an opportunity. So we're, we're seeing this kind of form um, where there's people that can't afford to live like this anymore. It's not their fault. It's not because they're losers or incompetent. You know, some of them, yeah, weed, over drinking, whatever. You got to watch out for that. But God is going to, I believe he's going to set up mission bases around this country and around the world where people are going to learn basically discipleship and living by faith. And, and that's going to be an opportunity really to prepare for the end times. It's like, Oh no, we can't afford food. Well, what about like living off of donated extra surplus grocery store food. I mean, this is how I live for three years with 40 people homeschooling, you know, going from place to place, witnessing on the streets. You know, you, you take, it, it changes your mindset when you go into a Burger King with your buddy and you're like, thank God I never had to do this, but my buddy did, but you're all trying to be polite and dress nice. And you're like, well, Hey, we're, we're some uh, young people here in the area. We're just uh, doing some ministry. And we're wondering if, you, if you'd like to, donate uh, to for our lunch today. <laughs> and the manager kind of is like deer in the headlights staring at you. And he's like looking at the other guy, looking down at your, you know, your little pamphlet that you brought. And he's like 90% of the time you'd be like, let me talk to the, the other manager. Okay. Uh, yeah. You guys are good. $7 up to $7. You know, guys order anything you want. Yeah. Yeah. Check them out. Okay. <laughs> You're sitting there eating a donated burger. You know, you just got free food, man. I mean, that changes your psychology. 
I've done that probably hundreds of times with people that have done it thousands of times. We even figured out like, okay, let's not go to this McDonald's or this KFC. I think our other team went there. Uh, let's try Shoney's. Has anybody ever been to Shoney's? No, we haven't tried Shoney's yet. You know, it's, it's amazing. You can live like that. You know, you don't have to be like a mangy homeless beggar. You can dress nice, go in there, go be honest. You're a missionary. People are happy to give. And I mean, this is the thing, like we're going to be, I went to Randall Luffman's house in uh, Winston-Salem the other day. I live near Asheville. So it was like a three hour trip. And we drove all the way there. My dad drove me there. He's like, son, I want to drive you because this is where your mom and I met. And I want to show you the church where we got married. So it was like, okay, dad, thanks. So he saved the day. So we're driving down there, you know, a three hour drive. I slept for like three hours the night before because he's an early riser and I'm a late night owl, but whatever. We had a great fellowship, drove down the mountains, drove down, down, down the mountains. Amazing thing to just see how high up in the mountains you are. And then to go to any surrounding area, you're like a roller coaster, your ears popping. So getting to Winston-Salem, I get to meet Randall Luffman. And uh, long story short, his, his daughter, please pray for Randall Luffman's daughter. She just got involved with some of the wrong people. And um, we think she's in Portland. But she left the car behind that her dad had bought for her so as to not be found because it's in his name. And I was on the phone with Randall the other day as I was working, and I was like, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to need to get a new car, blah, blah, blah. We're thinking of doing a rental business or something on the side. And then he's like, oh, well, you know, you can probably take my car. And I'm like, what? What kind of car? Oh, we got a little Toyota, you know, a little Yaris, slow miles and you know, I just, I can't bear to part with it, but I also can't bear to see it. And I'm, I'm like, dude, dude, come on, let me see this thing. And so we arranged a nice deal. Um, and, uh, basically went there, got it. And it's kind of a healing thing. Cause he's like, every time I try to sell, sell it, I cry. And you know, but we're like family. I'm like, look, man, I want to meet you. And this is going to help both of us and blah, blah, blah. So we go there and it's just spiritual warfare the whole time problems with the DMV. My dad is there, you know, we're, we're hugging each other, laughing, joking. I mean, it was great, but it was also poignant. And, um, dad is like, look, son, let's go see where your mom and I met. So we go to North Carolina school of the arts. We go to the, literally the room where my dad met my mom. It was a Bible study. And right there in front of the room is this, is this black dude with green hair dressed in a tuxedo with a, a giant cross with, with like a golden cross with diamonds in it. And he's like, he looks like something out of like a pure flicks movie, like, like the, the guy that plays the angel, you know, and he's sitting, standing there. I'm like, what is this? Some kind of an event? Are we allowed to be, he's like, Oh yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's Wednesday. It's pop, it's popcorn day. Oh, okay, cool. And he's just standing there making popcorn, hanging out with this, the janitor guy. They're having a great time. I'm like, okay. And dad's like, well, I'm just here to, you know, my son, he's, He's here with me, and I just wanted to show him where I met his mother. He's right there in that room. I mean, it looked like they were waiting for us. It was like some kind of weird spirit portal thing with popcorn. He's dressed way too nice. Big old smile on his face. Hanging out with the janitor. They're having a great time. And we're just having a great time. And it's like, okay, this is how I exist, is this little room. You know, <laughs> cool. Then, um, you know, we, we left and got some coffee. Uh, started the DMV process, had it out. Randall had a, a meeting for his work. He's got this big, big, nice house. And 
The guy is just a blessed man. And I'll tie this back to living by faith, guys. Don't worry. Did you want to pop in there? Sorry, Shannon. No, this is awesome. Keep going. Okay. Just another day in the lap here. (laughs) So we go to the the church where they got married. Beautiful church. It looks like something out of Lord of the Rings or like a fairy tale. And um, it's literally four minutes from his house. (laughs) So Randall's been living in this place. Winston-Salem, right next to like where my life began. My family came together. You know, my parents got married just right before Don Basham declined in his health, and that whole covenant shepherding movement crashed and burned. So my dad turned into the patriarch. You know, he had to pay the bills, worked like crazy to keep us going. He's on his way to Houston right now. Pray for him. Always on a mission. Randall's like, what, brother? I'm going to Houston tomorrow, too. This is crazy. God is just amazing. And that's like our whole time. We're like, yeah, we got to go. Oh, man, we got to go. Anyway, it was so fun. Um, like we got to, to get this Toyota. We came up with a good plan. You know, he's like offering us too low. We're offering too high. We came to, it was one of these like loving things. And then, um, and we don't have really a lot of cash, but it was a, a sweet deal that, you know, we could pay over X amount of time. And then he's not, he's like, no, I don't even want the money. You, you make it out to, you know, my son-in-law really has come into some hard times. Please you know, just bless him. You know, I'm going to give you his bank account. So it's like, okay, this is all miracles here. Saving us because we're starting um, a lot of little little gigs here to keep the family going too. So we need a dependable little car. It's tiny, but it's a really, really fun little, it's like a little matchbox car. It drives like way too fast and racy. It's really fun. Um, so miracles all around. And every time we get in there, we pray for Randall's daughter. So y'all just pray for Randall's family. Pray for his kids, son-in-law's daughter. There's just, the enemy gets at you through your kids. You know, my daughter too, Kaya in Taiwan. I mean, he just wants to just demoralize you and get you into like some legal thing. And Randall, you know, I can't say everything, all the details, but he just wants to get you into using the system to just deplete your resources, time, energy, emotions, and then turn you into basically, you know, a criminal. Because at the end of it all, the system don't work. And then you got to use the mafia. (laughs) That's my experience with all this kind of crap. But anyway, I just, we're talking, we're hanging out, we're fellowshipping, we're all kind of like stressed and overexcited. And, and it's like, look, God is going to do something with this. Our resources, anybody with an extra bedroom or an extra piece of land or an RV, we can start to like fine tune. Randall's like, look, I got Randall Luffman Farms. I've got a farm right now. <laughs> you got a farm? Yeah, I got a farm. Wow, a farm, dude. You know, and we're just standing there at the DMV. People are staring at us. You know, my dad brings a bunch of cucumbers. This is my dad. He's like, hey, these are really good. We're like, what? He's like, yeah, you just break them in half and just eat them. It's like, okay. So we're all standing there. Randall, too, you just grab the cucumber. We're all like standing there trying to fill out paperwork, eating cucumbers. <laughs> Didn't even cut them. Just, you know, snap them in half. So good. Guys, you got to try this. My dad is the one that figured this out. You just go buy a cucumber and just eat it. Dad's like, where's your cucumber, son? I'm like, I ate it. Like, oh, okay, see, they're good. And we're talking, like, how are we going to save the, the church? How are we going to save these people that are being, you know, left out by the side of the road? Churches don't like them. Churches are all about gay, trans stuff. You know, what are we, where do we go? Well, I mean, hello, we have, God is giving everybody just a little bit more than they need so we can bless each other. It's the Acts 244 church all over again. 
and that's not meant to be forever. I'm not saying you all got to do that, but think about it. Like people are going to start waking up. They're going to start repenting. They're going to want to detox from overabundance of entertainment. I mean, you don't need that anymore. Look at the news. You got aliens on the news every day. You've got stuff like crazy stuff, interdimensional stuff. Amen. Anyway, I I got a squirt gun just to get these guys here. Get out of here. Get out. My super super soldier super soaker I bought. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. I gotta feed these guys. Anyway, um, I I have a vision of this, and I don't. I'm not saying I'm not telling anybody what to do. I'm not telling you like who's the prophet. You're, we're gonna see a lot of people with weird doctrines. They're gonna be like, oh, hey, I'm the prophet because look, God blessed me with the revelation. You know, no. <laughs> But we're we're gonna have like literally like imagine campgrounds, guitars, and Bibles, and just God supplied dinner tonight. Hallelujah! That's what I see, and it's gonna be fun. I I don't think people realize how fun this kind of thing is and how exciting the end times are when God is providing for His people in the wilderness, and you're ready to get persecuted. We had a prayer um, for the county and. We were, my, uh, my friend prayed this prayer. We were all weeping in front of this big military gun, this giant, you know, the Navy like donates their old, whatever aircraft destroyer guns. And so she's there praying with a microphone and just weeping and we're all crying. And it's like, Lord, we repent, you know, all these sins. And there was this police officer and he's like standing there and I'm thinking, oh, wow, even the sheriff got touched in his heart to come and you know, all these local pastors repenting. It was, it was cool. And then after everything was over, he like comes up to us and he's like, Oh yeah, actually you need a permit to do this here. Uh, this is a public road. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh. So he's the polite sheriff that waited till the, okay, great. So reminiscent of our old days in Miami. Like we used to get cops would come up like you can't raise, you can't panhandle around here in these parts. Like, all right guys, we got to go. Like, how many souls you got? I got 70 souls. Ooh, I got 102. Cool. All right, let's go somewhere else. I mean, those are, those are fun things. Guys, come on. I mean, you really excited just going to your nine to five. Is it really fun just thinking about your mortgage all night? Like what about turning that property or that camper or whatever for God's people? But first we need an army. And I think God's army is finding each other. I think there, uh, there's a few leaders like Stefanos or whatever, like her name is like people that are, you know, a little on the edge, a little fringy, but they're doing it. And, um, they're, there's, they're just learning how to fast from the world and break away from working for the system and just living by faith. And, um, and God takes care of you too. Another thing I can say is like, he will take care of you and you, but you have to have this vision of I'm doing this for God, not just for my own monk, uh, monastic monk life. Um, it's, it's really gotta be about, bringing people the gospel. I think it's going to cross boundaries of denominations. I think even like there's going to be ex Catholics, Orthodox, actually we might want to tap into the Orthodox a little bit because they're, they're actually pretty darn cool. We're going to see people that are just sick and tired of all this crap. And they just want to live the simple life of faith. John fourteen twenty one. he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. If any man love me, my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. And be careful, guys, when God makes his abode with you, suddenly 
if, if you've ever read the book of Genesis and Exodus, you know, things get a little crazy. God is like, okay, now you're going to Egypt. Okay, now you're getting out of Egypt. Okay, now we're going here. Okay, now we're going there. Okay, now do this. And you're just like, what? Where, what is going on, God? Well, all that stuff took hundreds of years in Abraham's day. In this era, it is the end times. It's not happening every single second, you know, run all the time. It's over months, over years, God's going to put his hand on your life. If you actually receive him and you really sign your life over to him, the, it, people around you are going to just stare in disbelief. They're like, what the heck happened to your life? And you're like, yeah, I know, right? Whoa, gotta go. God bless you. It just looks like something out of an action movie. You know, when I first met the Lord in 2001 and started to, to really follow him and ask him to do whatever he wanted to do with my life, I would be talking to people in college and stuff, and they'd be like, Every time you say you're going to other country, it's amazing. I, you ought to do it, and then you do it. And I'm like, well, God is doing it. He's just always, you know, opening these doors and going back to Japan and then China. And then, yeah, I've got to drop out of school, and I'm going to go be a missionary, whatever. And even for people that are, like, international, that have traveled and whatever, they're, they're in disbelief. Because God's spirit will come into your life, and he will show you what to do with Luffman Farms or, you know, this property. I'm the goofy guy that bought all these goats and actually they were given to us, but I keep getting roosters too. People don't like roosters. They're like, Hey man, you want another rooster? I'm like, sure. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> you know, but they're all running around free. They're getting eaten by stuff too sometimes, but it's just, it's like God gives you something and all you got to do is occupy till he comes, be faithful with what you have and get ready because, and I'm going to shift gears here internationally. There are, so many countries that are war-torn. I was on the phone with my Pakistani buddy the other day, and it's like the church in Pakistan is getting demolished. They're saying, you can't even be in Pakistan. Have you heard any of the news out of Pakistan, brother? Um, give me an update. I heard that there's a lot of uh, uh, ch churches in turmoil a week ago. What's the update? Um, it's been going on for months. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of... We're getting personal stories like, you know, oh, brother, my br my own family brother church attack yeah, last week. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, we are trying to set a base in Albania. Bring out the Pakistan. You understand me? I'm like, uh, uh, I, I, I do understand a little bit. Uh, could you say the last part? You? Oh, <laughs> you know, I can't always get everything. <laughs> then I found out his daughter was in the car the whole time. She speaks fluent English. Like, can you please translate what your dad is saying? Oh, yeah. Um, well, he was just talking about, it's funny. This is my life. Anyway, um, look, there are countries, not even just Pakistan, but there is work to be done outside the U.S. Food is dirt cheap. Rent is dirt cheap. And food is, by the way, a lot healthier. And I see God doing things right now, like kind of planting seeds. And I'm going to plant seeds to, to you guys listening. You know, we're always talking about, oh, save the children. Well, how about adopting uh, a child from one of these countries? And the benefit for you, I don't know about the taxes if you adopt internationally, but if you're like a stable Christian family and and you, maybe you haven't even thought about this before, but, you know, Serbia, they it's like a 100% Christian country. And apparently the kid, if you adopt a Serbian child, you will get the top, top visa to be able to travel there at any time. So I mean, thinking like the way America is right now, 
you know, little bonus there. If you want to actually physically help children and consider looking into this, um, we're talking about being missionaries worldwide. We're not talking about running away from the new clouds. You know, the God's church is not supposed to run away from the fiery pillars. The fiery pillar guides us through the wilderness. Can I hear an amen? Is that not a sermon right there? You know, we're not supposed to be running away from persecution all the time. Be wise as serpents. Don't invite it. But when it comes time, when the Holy Spirit leads you, fine. Okay, that's what's going to happen. Fine. But we are talking about an international body of believers surpassing denominations, surpassing even our finances. Yes, work by all means, start a business as many as you can do everything you can do, but have the mindset of, I've got to preach this gospel. I got to love my neighbor as myself. You know, I don't love one another as Jesus has loved me. You know, this is his commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Lay down your life for each other. Be humble, be willing to clean those toilets. And then how about if you're blessed in resources? I mean, donating is one thing, but what about, what about actually adopting one of these children? And I mean, my mind is kind of a map. You can see, like, I go a little bit too fast and try to spread out too far in too little time. But think about it. God's people are not meant to just rot and eat mRNA vaccine food in America and then just die from died suddenly blood clots. And then whatever the next lockdown is, you know, I don't know. It's supposedly starting in a month or less this October. They're going to try something. So we need to pray and fight. But I see an international ministry. I mean, I come from, I'll talk to my uncle who runs Derek Prince Ministries and I'll ask him a question. Like, what do you think about Albania? And then he'll just start going off and like, well, we have this guy that, you know, he's got to jump borders from here to there and he's having some trouble. And Oh, you know, well, we're trying to work out, you know, donations into China. We're having trouble with the money going in there and everything. I'm like, well, you know, Omega Man and I, we were talking about doing these uh, Chinese shows, shortwave radio into China, into North Korea. I was like, yep, yep, we already have that. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, we need to talk. He's like, yes, we do. <laughs> you know, so, um, but I mean, I'm not talking about just Derek Prince Ministries. I'm talking about Don Basham Ministries and just getting the name of the family on there and working with some of these different guys. Because if you read Don Basham's book, Face Up With a Miracle, it's all about other people. It's all about his mystic mentor, Rufus Mosley. Yeah, hallelujah. Whenever you want to be in heavenly places all the time, you just give heaven to everybody all around you all the time. Hallelujah. Yeah. And if you want to be in hell all the time, just give hell to everybody all the time. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. You know, that's my family comes from that, from working with other people, promoting other people similar to what Shannon does, the Mega Man Radio. And now this international aspect, I, I'm coming from other nations. I'm getting phone calls from Hello, brother. I'm calling from Bangladesh. Hey, how are you? I'm like, great, cool. Yeah, I've been there before. Wow. Oh, really, brother? You know, people that are coming to the U.S., getting their green cards, and then their vision is get back, get my butt back to India. Let's help those kids. Let's do this. Let's buy a base in Albania. You can become an Albanian citizen if you own land there. And let's get those Pakistani families, those Christians in Pakistan are a very small minority, being persecuted by the Muslims. You getting kicked out of this country? Well, the Bible says if if they persecute you in one city, go to another city. You know, so hey, let's let's set up a base. Let's get those people out of there. You know, you got too many goats, not enough time. Boom! I bet you those Pakistanis are really good at helping take care of them goats. You know, we're talking about just setting up like farms, um, not just orphanages, but talking to people about adopting mass adoption. You know, like if you had a, a bunch of families that could adopt. 
and then boom, that's your ticket out of the States if you need to. And Albania is super cheap, you know, boom, you got some money, buy some land in Albania. Um, I know that we're talking about a Allen's property and all that, but we got people with land in Kentucky and in North Carolina and Texas. We've got people that don't have nowhere to stay. And, you know, we can, we don't have to just sit there. I mean, missionary life is busy guys. You're not just sitting there reading the Bible all day. You've got a strict schedule, but you are raising funds. You are getting busy. You know, I got friends with cleaning businesses. So sometimes I'm on Omega, man. I got a toilet brush in the other hand, you know, you, you know, but these are my missionary buddies. Are you humble enough to do something like that and get, you know, cover the, the rent for that month for a few days of toilet cleaning. So there's ways God's leading us through the wilderness. Missionary work doesn't mean you never touch money. In fact, as soon as I became a missionary, it was all about those fundraisers all day, every day. You know, it was like all we ever did. I'm like, why did I quit school? I could have just got to, no, it's a good thing I did. But um, the, the freedom of love of God's vision of us building our own kind of not kingdoms, but our own work so that we have freedom of our schedules. So you're not tied down to this career where you can't travel. You can't do anything because you're tied down. God wants his people to get out of Egypt and Pharaoh, the last guy I worked for his last name literally was Slavens in Hawaii. (laughs) I'm like trying to break away this job in Honolulu. My wife and I were like, we got to get out of Honolulu. It was 2008, 2020. And we're like, we got land in big Island. We're going to go to the wilderness and and ride this lockdown out and slavens was literally till the last day like could you please just work a little bit more for me and i'm like dude do you realize the irony why are you going to the big island it's scary come back work in my mansion like egypt wants you to stay pharaoh his heart was hardened so that god could be glorified too and do the miracles but guys, it's going to be hard. It's going to take some time to get out of credit card debt, to get out of all your debts and mortgages. My only mortgage, it's, uh, it's to Randall Luffman. I'm paying off his Toyota that, he's, that he sold me. But it's the most loving person. To ever. I mean, we can go into business e- each other, work for each other, build up communication, find out who's stable, find out who's not so stable. There's, there's bad missionaries, guys. I'm going to tell you right now, there's people you don't want to be working with Time will tell. The fruits will tell. I believe that this broadcast is key interloping with all these different nations, lands, operations. I think we're, we're going to help each other get out of the car, living in the car life. And, and we need able-bodied, faithful, hardworking people that are going to be able to be that workforce of the, of the end time army. They're going like to leave the system behind that are willing to do this. Now do that. Now go here. Now go there. Now do this. I mean, you never know what God's going to do. Once you're freed up from Mr. Slavens, Mr. Pharaoh, and you're not like your king is not your rent or your agreement with 50 different banks and all these different car companies trying to tie you down. I don't know how it's going to work in this era with Starlink. And, you know, we, we, I think we're still going to have internet for a while. You know, I might as well actually go and my brother-in-law has Starlink. Next time I might actually plug it in and do the next Omega Man via Starlink and see how the audio is. But I think we're going to be partly high tech and partly very low tech. You know, we're going to be doing international broadcasts like this and with roosters in the background. We're going to be camping out, but also it's in my experience, 
you start using like end-to-end encrypted technology to send emails and publications and there's a lot of things that go into this. I'm just kind of downloading the entire mainframe computer into this one little broadcast. So, I mean, if you guys want to, you know, if you want to stop me at any moment, you can, but it's going to come down to just love. It's going to come down to art, uh, publications, writing. It's, we're going to be getting out of Facebook. One of the th- best things you can possibly do, get out of Facebook, stop plugging your life into Facebook. That's partly working for the big man. When all of your time and energy is spent, on these little things where Mark Zuckerberg can any second, um, I don't agree with what you said about the veracity of the stolen elections. I mean, the elections and you can't post that about vaccines. And so I'm going to limit the amount of people who can see you on Facebook. Then why the heck are you still on Facebook? Like who you're in an abusive narcissistic relationship. You're giving them not money, but you're giving them your time. We've got to start getting out of Facebook Get on telegram. My website, facebooks.com, we've got a Telegram chat room. I know I don't use it a lot, but it's like updated every day. I've even got my own website. You guys can go there, and there's a lot of things to click on. You can learn about Hawaii, and you can learn about fun fun adventures, Basham adventures, uh, videos from Taiwan. It's kind of a mess, I know, but that's that's there. So we're all breaking away. The point of this message is to not just stare at these mushroom clouds in fear and despair, but to know that God's mushroom cloud, the pillar of fire is going to lead us through the end times. And it's going to be practical things that we can do today. You know, don't despair and give up and just hide under your pillows. Think about starting a business locally and then employing some Christian missionary people type people that are like, Hey, I need to work, but I don't like working for narcissists. Well, maybe you're the one that's going to help hire people. I don't know. Or, but first you're going to have to be willing to be that person that's going to work hard for someone else in that same category of, you know, our, our Christian um, networks, perhaps not even always Christian. Sometimes I've been blessed by Hindus and Buddhists more than anybody. God uses pagan Kings throughout the Bible to bless his people. But first we've got to be a people and not just be a bunch of like Lone Ranger maniacs that are like, I'm the chosen one. No, I'm the chosen one. But, but master, I thought someday I was going to be the chosen one. You know, we got to get out of that and start thinking, no, it's who is the servant of all is the greatest in the kingdom. So look for somebody that's like serving all the time on all fronts and go help that person. That's somebody you want to work with. I know a lot of those kind of people. I can't say I'm one of those people because I feel like I'm still, you know, a Basham that enjoys second breakfast and third breakfast. And, you know, we Bashams, we like to hang out. And But, you know, you can look at the Spirit Force podcast. You know, you can see how we're we're trying to promote other people on there. Holly Baglio and um, Anna Prayers, Quantum Christianity, promoting other ministries, a lot of other ministries. That's kind of the Basham style. But honestly, we enjoy ourselves a little bit too much sometimes. Um, Don Basham was the guy that Derek Prince would go and hang out with and Derek Prince could just kind of relax and chill and kind of, oh, we can talk about funny things for a change. <laughs> Derek Prince sounded like Obi-Wan, but he was, he was best friends with Don Basham for a reason. It's because Basham's, you know, sometimes we might watch a, one too many movies that night. Not that they were drinking up a storm or anything, but it was just like, hey, have another soda. I mean, we weren't really health conscious. So unfortunately, my grandfather died at a relatively young age. 
But this is the thing. Everybody gets, you get to be you. When you give your life to Jesus completely, he will turn you more into you than you were before you met him, if that makes sense. Before you forsook all those things that you, you thought were you. I mean, take the trans thing, like trans people giving up their sexual weirdness are going to be more them physically too, literally, than they were. You know, that's a very extreme example, but just getting rid of all the crap. Jesus is going to come in and he's going to give you the energy to where you're going to be able to get up early and go and do fun things and live for him and sacrifice too. That's a noble thing, being able to just put your life on the line. I think we're, um, we've got it all wrong when we talk about holiness and like how we're going to be ready for Jesus when he comes back. He's literally going to use you right where you're at and you just pray the Lord's prayer and just maybe you just have the will to not kick that puppy in front of you when you're in a bad mood, but that's a miracle for some people. Maybe that's pretty bad, but you know, he's going to make, he's gonna, what, what I'm noticing after I met Randall Luffman in real life. And whenever I meet anybody in real life, I got to meet Geraldine Kozak from strange o'clock podcast. Great podcast. Check it out. We're, we're in the process of building that up into a community too. You, you start to realize that we're all just a little bit different. <laughs> You know, like in real life, like, well, that person doesn't seem to really fit in. Yes, because we're spirit people, guys. We're not meant for this world. I was on the ro- I was on the phone with um, Rod Millennial Mustard Seed podcast the other day, and um, big shout out to him again. He was he called me up. He's like, "Thanks for shouting out on Omega Man. It was so awesome." So he's a fan of Omega Man Radio, and right. it's just like, dude, yeah, you got other podcasters that love you, and that hopefully will come on your show too. Much love to them. Hook hook me up, man. That'd be great. Yeah, dude. We got to do a business call and write down some phone numbers. It says in the Bible, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. First John 2.10. When you, and First John 3.14, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. And somewhere else it says, this, by this all men shall know that you are my disciples for the love that you have for one for another. <laughs> Guys, a lot of people in the world, they don't get it. They're like... So what's the relation between you two? Oh, well, we met on the internet. Oh, so is this some weird, like, man-bro love thing online? Uh, no, we, we're we just lovers of Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless you, brother. Like, that's the kind of thing. Um, I want to say, before I forget, too, like, Randall, he's one of these people that God puts in these positions where he's, like, infiltrating the enemy's kingdom without them even knowing it. He was literally hanging out with this guy that keeps um, seeing UFO orbs. He's been in the news. He's been in documentaries, tons of podcasts, mostly new age ones. Uh, UFO of God, UFO of God, uh, Chris Bledsoe, pray for him, burnt by the churches. You know, nobody in North Carolina wants to get anywhere near him, church people, but blessed by the new agers because he's talking about and he's filming UFOs over his farm all the time. And he's had kind con- I haven't really listened to all of his stuff, but Randall, blesses the socks off this guy. He's like the one Christian that'll actually talk to him and has that connection. You know, we don't really know what the significance of that. I mean, this guy has the FBI, the CIA and all these NASA different like space agencies coming and talking to him because they're trying to figure out what UFOs are. Chris Bledsoe Randall's the kind of a kooky looking guy that comes over and he's like, well, bless you, brother. I love you. And he goes, let me pray for you, brother. God loves you. I mean, this is the thing. I get to go to Charlotte month and two months ago, go pray with James Rink to receive Jesus. I got to follow up on that. 
I mean, we're the people that God will put you in a position where you can go under enemy lines and meet these people and just love on them. Love bomb. Operation love bomb is what that is. So when we meet each other real life, and I'm sure one day, you know, you and I will meet and some of your listeners will meet and it's just going to be happy. You know, we're just going to like, oh, this is so cool. Like, let's, let's hang out. Let's do something. Let's start a, you know, let's start a call to no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, but that's what people will say it is because they don't understand. Cause even church people don't get this much love because you go to churches. Usually they're like, well, don't forget to pay me money. And you're like, ah, guilt. Okay. Not, oh, let's start a thing together and we'll, we'll agree to pay rent on it. And then we'll, we'll bless the local community. And then it's like normal because everybody's agreed to start this thing together, not guilt tripping the sheep all day. I mean, I'm getting dream. God has been showing me dreams of sheep that are literally not sheep, but they're drunkard weirdos dressed as sheep. Literally saw it. And I was taking pictures of these sheep. They're beautiful looking sheep, but this, it was this long dream. I, I have dreams where I go to Asia and I'm on these missions and whatever, but it was just the most interesting thing. It was like this really beautiful pasture and there were these, there was the security guard and they had paid to have these sheep in this area and they were completely fake. They were guys dressed in sheep's clothing and they were, and the security guard was like, Oh yeah, please don't tell anybody. Cause I had got on my phone. I was taking pictures of it. I was like, this is crazy. Look, these are fake sheep. And, and the guy, the Japanese guard, he was like, Oh, please, uh, no, no picture. Don't show nobody, uh, these. And then I was like, no, I won't show anybody. It's all right. But what, what, what's going on? And he's like, oh, yes, uh, we hire some white foreigner American and, uh, they are here and they dress like a sheep, but they are drinking all day and they are really yucky and they are so, and I'm like, well, why do you even have fake sheep anyway? It was just, these are the weird, bizarre dreams I get every day. But I, I believe that we expose that you see things in the spirit. If you have time, write down your dreams. God speaks through your dreams. There are fake sheep out there, guys. There's fake pastors and there's fake, there's wolves also dressed in sheep, sheep's clothing. So, I mean, we're seeing it all come out, guys. Like, I thought I picked a nice place to bring my family in the Smoky Mountains. Turns out every other church here is supporting the gay pedophile agenda thing. So, are people repenting? Yes. But are they enough people? No. So it might come time where we have to hightail it out of certain cities, but don't let that stop you from considering the poor. Think about you can, even if you don't have a lot of money to donate into these ministries, at least think about what if, what if you were to adopt some of these children and then think about maybe you, it would open up where you could start to go and travel and be an international minded person more. I've noticed Americans are very cloistered and they really don't think outside of America. And whenever I start talking like this, the reason I sound like a fire hose is like, oh my gosh, you get to go on a mega man in Indonesia, international call with the international people there. Oh, they all, they get it. They get it. I'm talking to you. You understand me? You're picking this up. All right. When I go back into the America land, it's like I'm talking to not retards, but just people that it's like, you can't share certain things because they're just, it's not on their, they don't have enough Ram, you know, to run that program. You know what I mean? They're running Windows 98 and we're on like, we've got the latest OS. We got the latest operating system. Like, nope, can't download that app. Uh, no, I'm not because they're focused on these material things. And the Bible warns about the, the deceitfulness of riches. 
It warns about beware of covetousness. A man's life does not consist in the things that he possesses. And if you throw the seeds by the wayside and the rocks and the thorns, well, a lot of these plants, they grew up, but then there was the, the, the thorns that choked out the gospel, the joy of their salvation by the cares of this life. Just even having too much care of this life, worrying too much about World War III, which obviously oftentimes we do get into that a lot. Brothers and sisters, we need to be talking about the end time around a fire at a campground with some worship and some guitars and some provisioned Pizza Hut food or something like everything is a miracle and you're just so full of joy. You might be tired. You might be, you know, a little bit nervous about where are we going to sleep tomorrow night? Well, maybe not tomorrow night, but next month. Usually the way it works is God gives you a place of rest, but then you're always on the edge. And oh my gosh, the ghost got in the house. Um, <laughs> let me uh, go back. Hey, get out of there. The door doesn't shut very well. So I've got ghosts in my house. I'm trying to preach a sermon here. What kind of example am I? Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> I've got free range organic grass fed goat meat if anybody wants any. Wow. Yeah, get out of there. There's three goats in the kitchen right now. They're coming out. They know they're not supposed to be in there. They don't care. I got this big Nubian goat. He's like the size of a deer. Wow. He doesn't care. He'll just walk right into your house. He's like, what? Oh, here I am. <laughs> My house needs deliverance. I rebuke you, goats. Get the broom. He wanted to listen into the podcast. These are our friends. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. The reason I'm not in the house, too, is that uh, I lose the signal. Can you still hear me, sir? Absolutely. If the people won't listen to us, the goats and the and the roosters will. Amen? Well, they're getting... <laughs> Amen. Sometimes I think that's why monks go crazy, because that's like the only people they talk to. They're like in the middle of nowhere. Hey, by the way... But I'll tell you, brother, the country's looking good. You know, I, I say get out of Dodge, everybody. There's a lot of joy in these mountains. Folks... We're live with evangelist Michael Basham. He's going to give you contact information in just a minute. But just to, uh, as we're closing here, Michael's right. we got a job to do, folks. It's not ending tomorrow. Yes, it looks later than ever. And look, uh, I'll be the first to tell you the countdown's on if Israel and Saudi Arabia and Jordan, they all sit at the, uh, the table and they divide some of the Israel land and give it to the Palestinians. Then we're in some serious trouble. Uh, I'll be the that first to, true. to say that, uh, you know, T-minus seven years and counting, or whatever you think it is, three and a half, seven and a half. But the point is, is uh, you know, Jesus was at the harvest field at midnight looking for people that would come by that would come out and help him because the work is so great and the workers are few. And so I thought, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to fear man anymore. You know, look, I've been bound up by fear for decades, Michael. And um, the Lord has been working with me through that. But i tell you something. I may have shared this with you last week. It was only in the last maybe 10 days. Um, and I'll close with this uh, verse here. The fear of man brings a snare. This is Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. But whosoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. 
Well, I was, I was, I've read that before, but then it hit me like a brick. Now, is God's word true or not? And if it is, then we need to start standing on it, hanging on to it, just like during COVID, hung on to Psalm ninety-one, living in a red zone. And you know what? That was actually the time where we did some of the best ministry here. We went out to uh, twenty different villages here. Some were Muslim, some were Hindu and some were Christian and gave out food shoulder to shoulder man uh, no mask uh, except when wow. there was a police there and they made us put on dude I, dude, we were in this some crazy feeding program and there I mean people were so thankful but some jackass took like a gizzard from a uh, from a uh, frozen chicken because we delivered frozen chicken to everybody and threw it in my backpack just to spite me. Wow. There was one devil out there. And I got back to the place we were staying. I smelled something. And I looked at my backpack. Yeah. There was like raw chicken in there. <laughs> Is that all you got, Satan? Is that all you got? He threw me a chicken gizzard, man. It was stinky, man. I'm here to tell you. But, you know, we did some of the best ministry uh, we've done here in the seven years I've been here. And, um, wow. You know, we've had boots on the ground, but I feel like we haven't done much. But I uh, I have some photos to show for that one. And, you know, that was in the midst when everybody said you couldn't do anything because of COVID. And, you know, uh, I didn't know what we were dealing with, but I said, you know what? I can either lock myself in the door, which I did for a few days, to be honest with you, uh, and just hunker down, or I'm going to be bold and I'm going to stand the word of God. That's what I did. I said, Psalm 91, we're going to plead the blood of Jesus and we're going to continue on, business as usual. And, you know, God saw us through. But back to this verse. It says, whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. God will protect you and I. I don't fear Klaus Schwab anymore. I want to tell you the truth. I stopped watching Redacted. I was listening every day. It's a great news program. But you know what? It wasn't helping me. I already know what I need to know. And now let's get back to work. Okay? I'm not taking exactly. the mark. I'm, I'm not taking any blasted mRNA vaccine or any vaccine for that fact. And I warn the others to do the same, not do it. But we've got to occupy till Jesus comes. Nobody knows the day of the hour. It's impossible because the calendar of, God's, of God is not what man goes by. God has an agricultural calendar. And it can vary every year. It's based on the abib of the barley. That's why no man knows the day of the hour. Now, we can know the seasons. So, we got to stop date setting. And what's the point? Uh, live our life in fear, and you'll waste your whole life in fear. I've wasted too many years in fear. You know, and I've been a lot better than I, I was in 2005 when I was, you know, I had a, I had a you know, some people have a cocaine habit. I, I had several thousand dollars a day habit buying up food and ammunition and guns and gold and silver when I had the means to do it. And uh, I was tormented. I was bound up to fear. And God spoke to me. He said, some trust in chariots and others trust in horses, but we will remember the name of Yahovah our God. So over there I think Psalm 20, verse 7. And God was telling me, you know, I didn't ask you to do all this that you're doing. Uh, You're jumping out and being moved by the flesh in fear. And there is a certain amount of preparation we should do. I still believe that. But not at the level I was doing it. Or others may be doing it now. 
and you're doing that, and what are we doing for the kingdom? Are we winning souls for Jesus? Are we getting people water baptized? Are we casting out devils? Are we praying for the sick? Are we speaking in tongues? Are we feeding the poor, the widows and the orphans? Are we standing with Israel? Are we trying to help the Bangladesh uh, and the Pakistanis who really know that there's a price to pay for serving Christ? They might burn that house down in the church with you in it. And uh, it's only going to get worse. You know, I wrote on Facebook today. I said, uh, I said, persecution, tribulation, martyrdom, falling away. One or more of these will happen to all Christians. Wow. Jesus said, all those, I mean, uh, the word says, all those in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And I can back it up with Scripture. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Acts 4.22 2 Timothy, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Jesus said, Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. You know, some are going to be beheaded for Christ. Some that's already happened to over there in Mozambique, Africa. Some are in jail tonight with no hope in sight of getting out over North Korea and China. Dude, I just read something today, and I don't know. You talk to some of your contacts, see if it's true. I heard that the CCP is really bearing down on the few Protestant churches that they officially recognize, and they've already changed the Bible, and they, they're forcing the, uh, the Bible to be written. The Ten Commandments now uh, have been replaced with, uh, you know, Ten Sayings of Xing Pei. I mean, <laughs> they're literally changing the Bible. With for, I mean, crazy. That, you know, back a couple years ago, they tore down a thousand churches. Um, I said all that to say this. Is God's word true? Of course. Is let every man be a liar. So if I believe God's word, then and I put my trust in the Lord, I shall be safe. That doesn't mean that God might not tap you and I to go through persecution up to a martyr. But then we die with the boots on and bam, we go on to reward. Fear brings a snare. There's many people that have been ensnared by it. I was ensnared by it at one time. And uh, God has set me free. I got, I mean, I got to think, you know what? To hell with it. What's the worst the enemy can do to me? He can only do what God allows him to do. And, you know, praise God. God's got it all worked out. I don't need to worry about the future. By the way, uh, my next guest hasn't showed up yet, so that's why I went over a little bit. And I'm going to get you out of there because I know you got things to do. What a powerful message you gave here today, Michael. But I back you up on everything you said. Folks, now's the time to go all in for Jesus. He'll give us wisdom and knowledge right. and understanding. He'll show us what we need to do. And you know what? It is a good idea to have a plan B. And uh, just before people think that uh, I uh, jumped out in a golden parachute, and listen, you can join me over here. 30 miles down the road, we've got a super volcano. And it's live. So I think about it all the time. That thing wow. could go off and be like Pompeii. But even so, nothing can touch me unless God allows it. If I'm serving the Lord and I put my faith and trust Him, I'm going to be safe. An earthquake can go off, and it did a few weeks ago, 7.1. And just level this island like it leveled Lombok next door. I always live with that knowledge that anything can go wrong at any moment. But 
if God be for us, who can be against us? You can be anywhere on this planet, and if we put our faith and trust in God, it says we shall be safe. And if he wants to take us home, doesn't mean that you, you and I won't be arrested or go to jail or, you know, have to give our life for Christ. Uh, if we live long enough, we'll see that eventually. I've often said that we'll go one of the ways that the disciples went. Which disciple do you want to be? Be John the Baptist? He got his head cut off. Peter? Crucified upside down. Uh, James, the brother John, killed by the sword. Paul? That's beheaded right. for Christ. One got bold in oil. I don't know who that one was that was in the garden and ran off butt naked. I'm still trying to figure that one out. I think he was using the bathroom. And he had to take off that long cloak, and he was doing number two. And they came into the garden, and he heard, and uh, he ran for his life. I hope he wiped first. If you've got a better, <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you've got a better um, idea on why that dude was naked when he ran off, let me know. But I think he was, I think he was in the, the outhouse out there. I'm just saying. I say all that to say this. Hey, folks, it's an exciting time to be alive. By the way, I just want to say, Michael, um, the auction for Miracle Valley closed on Friday. Uh, I said, oh, who God, bought it? God's will be done, and it was not his will for me to take it. Two people bid 700000 each, and one won by $100. So Woo. they've got, that was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, when they have to wire the money into the county by Wednesday. Otherwise, the next guy gets it to put in 700000 So somebody got it with a big war chest. And I think it was a former Miracle Valley Bible student. Nobody knows yet. Uh, there's some people out there okay. not happy they didn't get it. And uh, I, I said, man, what a bummer. I thought, but, you know, I want to thank those that came forward and made pledges. We didn't take any money for it, but we took pledges. And if we had enough, we would ask people to send it in. But we had about 50 people come forward, and we raised about thirty-four grand in pledges. But, man, that wasn't enough. That the minimum bid was three twenty-five, and uh, someone came in with that, and then the the feeding frenzy started. The last twenty-four hours, seven hundred grand. Plus, they got to pay fifty-six thousand in closing costs, buyer's premium fee. Wow! That's just to get into the gate of the property. Then you're going to need about another million dollars. But you know, I said I'll go back. I'll listen. That's not the most desiring place to go. Right on the border, out in the middle of the desert, nowhere. In the middle of nowhere, rattlesnakes, yeah. giant tarantulas, just dirt out there. Uh, three miles from the border, there's been a uh, increase in murders here recently. People coming through, and I thought, what? What the heck? I said, this, this is an adventure. I'm ready for the next adventure, Michael. Adventures in your blood. Well, you bro. have to make sure you're spirit led. You know, uh, I have a quote in front of me. I just want to share. And whenever you got to go. Back be sure you're be sure you're spirit led and then go ahead so you just Amen. make sure you get filled with the holy spirit then go for it you don't got to like check yourself every second did i do this right did I, you know god will be with you and i want everybody to remember you know everything that we do god can if like let's say i think god told me to buy us a tesla cyber truck well maybe it was wrong and then you took a loss on it but it's not like god don't love you no more I mean, maybe he will guide some people to buy those. Those are pretty cool. Dude, I love those um, things, man. Those I know a guy man. that bought a giant bus in Thailand thinking it was going to be used for God's work, and he fought and struggled and worked so hard to fix up this bus, and in the end, nobody ever needed it. They didn't use it. But he was reminiscing from the old days 
when the children of God bought a giant double red bus in London, and it was kind of a symbol of the missionary movement, the Jesus Revolution, and he was trying to relive that in Thailand. It wasn't God's plan for Thailand. So, you know, I could do the same thing. I can jump the gun and, you know, all of us can. So we've got to make sure our life isn't about our things. Whatever things are in your hand, make sure they're serving God and not your idea of serving God. And then let's just go forward with that. And I thank you all that have donated because we've gotten pretty far, like helping to plant churches here and having the downtown studio. So I'm not always talking on the phone doing doing our show. But, you know, like we just got to be spirit led and then go ahead. Brother, I, I, I'll say it now, like I've said to you um, uh, many m- moons ago, uh, your grandfather is, was a pioneer in the ministry. He planted the seed. No other waters that God gives increased. I believe you have been called to carry the, the torch, and you are the new generation. And um, God has much ahead for you and your family in these end times. And so uh, you're going to bring it in, the home run for Jesus that your granddad laid the foundation for. A great man of God. I, I only know uh, a little about uh, these pioneers. You know, I didn't get to meet any of them, but I just know what I've read and some of the audios I've listened to. They were great men of God. Your your, your grandfather, Derek Prince, and Wynn Worley and others. Um, but you know what? Um there's a great harvest and when you get to see him when I get to see my grandparents and so forth in heaven when or when they come back New Jerusalem uh, there's going to be a great party man and uh, uh, the best is yet to come uh, what you're doing is not an accident it is the will of the Lord and he has uh, taken you on these many adventures to prepare you for the adventures that still lay ahead folks it's an exciting time to be alive and uh, there's Amen. much we can do do not quit. This is not the time to get in a fetal position. This is not time to be worried about digging a bunker. Um, let's report for duty and die with our boots on, if that's what God has for us. But we don't have to fear. Amen. I'm not going to fear anymore, man. I'm not worried about it anymore. I'm going to, because if I can't trust the Word of God, then what's the point? Either believe the Word of God, that's folks, it. or uh, eat and drink for tomorrow we die. I'm putting my faith and trust in exactly. God because He doesn't lie. You want to close us in prayer, my friend? Amen. All right, Lord, we thank you. Thank you so much that it's just, it's so simple, Lord. We make it, we make it so complicated. We try to do it all. I ask that we would all be able to humble ourselves as little children and just sit on your lap and just not worry about a thing. And I thank you for the fun that your people are going to have, that to the extent that we open our hearts to receive you in this day and this moment, that to that extent we're going to be filled with your hope and joy and love and peace and fellowship with one another Lord thank you for the love that we have for one another that we can just lay everything aside and just bask around the bonfire of your word tonight maybe we forgot our guitar but hallelujah and we thank you for the the vision of how you're going to lead us going into the future even if we're going to be fellowshipping in nuclear fallout shelters Lord we just love to be alive one more day and to know that you are God and that you're coming back soon on the white horse and that all this end time stuff is just a little bump in the road. And I pray that everybody would have a renewed desire to study your word, to be just in the word all the time and just for new, new revelations, God, for the way that you, you lead us and guide us and to remind everybody that it's about the children. It's about actually about the children, not asking for money to save children, but 
that we would even start to think about international adoption. Um, you know, if the enemy wants to shut down orphanages, that we would just, a bunch of people just adopt an entire orphanage. Boom. You know, the government does, is going to have a little bit harder time shutting down that orphanage. So praise God. And thank you so much for having us, Shannon. And, um, man, we're, we're just getting revved up here. So guys, hey, keep uh, praying for Don Basham Ministries. That's another, <laughs> as if we didn't start enough projects the last year. Let's just start a bunch more projects. Don, Don Basham Ministries, set for takeoff. We're clearing the launch pad. Praise God. Love you guys. Thank hey, you so yeah, much. Facebook.com. You can donate there. And uh, yes. spirit401 at gmail.com is yes. the PayPal and, uh, all the things. So we love y'all. Thank Faith you, Bucks. Shannon. Com. Have a great day. Hey, before you go, how, we got a name for that rooster. What about if we called him Freddy? Pretty? <laughs> think about Just think about that and see if it grows on you. Oh, gosh. Is that from the chat? I have. I didn't get a chance to get in the chat today. No, no <laughs> I, just, I just came up with that. I don't think about Fred or Freddy. But, you know, I love that rooster. Oh, Freddy. I thought you said pretty because he's like a really pretty rooster. Oh, is he? So Freddy the rooster. That's a good name. I'll, I'll go with Freddy. That's dignified. What if, or you could call him Pretty Boy. No, I I think Pre- Freddy's a good name. I, I'll go with that. Unless somebody in the chat beats Freddy, we're going with Freddy. Okay, folks, uh, we'll, uh, be thinking about this week meditating. And uh, oh, wait a minute, Glennis said Rufus. That might have Rufus. Freddy. I think that. Oh, okay. Ooh, meditate that's on that. That's gonna one. be a thumb. That's gonna be a coin toss right there. Thank you. Hey, bro, we love you. Folks, go to uh, go to faithbucks.com, support the ministry of evangelist Michael Basham. Dude, you know what we are? We're a podcast evangelist. How about a T-shirt that says, I'm a yeah. podcast evangelist? Would you wear one of those? Sure. I'm yeah, a podcast evangelist for and Jesus. And let's make lots of them make more evangelists. Hey, if I can do this, anybody can do it. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Get out there. Get on the TikTok. Start, start loving on those TikTok Christians and love bomb them and man i think we're gonna we're we're into something here that you're definitely onto something you've started something shannon god god is using you